Ladies and gentlemen, God is great, life is great, and you're great for listening today. Welcome back into All Talks of Life with Chris Beniquez. I am your host. Thank you for joining me once again today. A lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff going on in the world, a lot of stuff going on in sports, a lot of stuff going on in my personal life, and I got some stuff to get into today. Something in my heart that I want to talk to you about, something that I've been noticing all around the United States of America, something that I've been noticing around the world, something that I notice in my own circles, in my own neighborhood, something that I notice almost everywhere. I want to get into something that might be a little uncomfortable, a little tough, but it's something that's necessary to get into. I hope that you had a great week, a great weekend. I hope that you're blessed as you're hearing this, and after you hear this, you'll come out better. Let me get into something that Jesus said in the book of Matthew, chapter 6 and verse 14, because there are some things going on right now that we could always, I'm sorry, that I could equate to the Bible. And when I look at life, I like to look at it through a biblical lens. That's the purpose of this show. Now, most of the time, you know that I'm out here talking sports and stats and things like that. And obviously, when it comes to on the field to play and stats, like I'm not going to look at through that. I'm not going to look at that through a biblical lens because that's not, you know, anything to look at through a biblical lens. But there are times in our sports culture, and there are times in our entertainment culture where we have to look through a biblical lens. And I, on this show, want to attack everything I can through a biblical lens because that's the way that I view life. The way that I parent, the way that I'm a husband, the way that I'm a brother in Christ, the way that I'm a son, the way that I'm a sibling. I want to do that through a biblical lens. Am I perfect at it? No way. None of us are. Do I get it right 100% of the time? Never. But I have to take a look at things through a biblical lens. That's what I do. That's how I live. That's what the Bible informs me to do. How to live. And I believe the Bible to be true. So when I look at the word of God, I look at how I'm supposed to live because the instructions in this book are true. So let's go to the good book and let's remember something that Jesus said. In the book of Matthew, chapter six, Jesus said this in the 14th verse. For if you forgive other people for their offenses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. If you forgive other people of their offenses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up today is because in the culture of the United States of America and even abroad, there are a lot of people that are being hypocritical with the way that they forgive. And that's not how the Bible, that's not how God called us to be. And I got to call out certain people and certain things that are being hypocritical with their forgiveness. And this is a challenge to myself and this is a challenge to the listener as well to not be this way. During this time right now, as I'm recording this, when you hear this, it'll be October 18th, 2021. And during this time, there's a certain man that got in trouble. 
He lost his job. Rightly so. I'll say that before I go on. That man's name is John Gruden. Some of you who are listening know the name John Gruden. He's a football coach, or he was a football coach for the National Football League. He coached the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl championship, I might add. And he recently was coaching the Las Vegas Raiders. John Gruden was discovered to have sent emails 10 years ago. Misogynistic emails, racist emails, emails that were not language that we use every day. Emails that were said to be anti-gay, homophobic, gay slurs. So John Gruden lost his job. We all know that wrong and sin, they have their consequences. And John Gruden got his consequences. I believe deservedly so. John Gruden is representing a league, a public league. I'm sorry, a privately owned league, but a public league because everybody consumes and can consume of this league. So John Gruden lost his job. He's a face on television. Now, while he said these things, while he emailed these things that he emailed that was uncovered out of 650,000 emails that was done as an investigation, not into him, but was done into the Washington football team, they uncovered some of the stuff that he said, some of the stuff he was emailing back and forth with the former team president. Now, why is this relevant to what I'm saying out of Matthew chapter 6 and verse 14, where Jesus said, forgive men their offenses, and then your father will forgive you? I'm going to tell you that in a minute. But John Gruden is a man who made, made mistakes over and over, speaking in a manner that was offensive to people. And John Gruden got his consequences. And obviously we know that, like I said before, sin and wrong bring their consequences. And he got that. But there's a problem with this whole story. There's a problem in this story because after he resigned from his post, he was, he resigned officially but he sat down with the owner and the owner gave him a break and said, I'm going to give you a chance to resign. Basically, he was fired. But it reads everywhere that he resigned because he went out and said, I'm stepping down. He wrote a letter, said, I'm stepping down. What I did was hurtful. Please forgive me. I didn't mean to hurt anybody. Whoever I hurt, I'm sorry. I'm paraphrasing what he said. But before... It was said that he was fired before it could be said that he was fired. The owner gave him that chance to resign and he did it. So he's no longer a coach of a football team. He no longer is living out his dream. And that's that's what he got. He got sent home. And that's that's fine. That's OK. I, I'm, I'm not debating or coming at the fact that he just got sent home and he's done and he'll never coach again. And he'll probably never be a broadcaster again. But I, I remember America being a place when I was younger that liked and loved underdog stories, comeback stories, stories of redemption. And now it seems that America has gone to a place where they're not liking redemption stories anymore. It's gotten to a place where people are not liking the comeback story because they want to hold you to a certain standard that is not attainable. They want to hold you to perfection while they themselves are not perfect, and that's hypocritical. A couple of days after John Gruden resigned, 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or maybe the day after, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers took him out of their ring of honor. The ring of honor for a team is like their Hall of Fame, is like their best of the best, of creme de la creme of that team, of that franchise, of its history. People remember you. You have a plaque inside of their museum. They go in, they visit, they take pictures. They say, wow, something's written about this person. You get lauded, you get applauded. You get celebrated throughout the history of that franchise. And John Gruden can't get that no more. And that's a consequence of his wrong and his sin. And I'm cool with that. I'm fine with that. That he had a consequence. But here's the problem. On February 2nd, 2015, the day after Super Bowl 49, Warren Sapp was arrested on suspicion of soliciting a prostitute and assault of the same prostitute. Warren Sapp is in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Ring of Honor. Warren Sapp is a man who in April of 2015 pleaded guilty to that charge. In May of 2015, the charges were dropped. I'm sorry, the charges were dismissed. But Warren Sapp pleaded guilty to soliciting and assaulting a prostitute on the night of February 2, 2015. But he's in the ring of honor. After pleading guilty, he's in the ring of honor. John Gruden was found guilty and is not in the ring of honor. That right there for me, that's selected forgiveness. That's hypocrisy from the NFL. And that's hypocrisy from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Why is Warren Sapp still in and John Gruden not? Because cancel culture decided that we're going to keep somebody who actually put their hands on somebody, a man who put their hands on a woman, his hands on a woman, but we're going to cancel someone who sent emails. We're going to cancel someone who said something hurtful verbally, but we're not going to cancel someone who did something hurtful, hurtful physically. Come on now. Come on now. I'm cool with John Gruden having his consequences. I've sinned. I've fallen short. I've gotten consequences for my wrongs. No doubt. It's happened. It will happen continually because I'm not perfect. Because every day I fall short of the glory of God and I have to come before the throne and I have to ask for forgiveness and the Father forgives me. But Jesus said that we should forgive men their offenses and then we'll get forgiven. But nowadays, there's this thing of selected forgiveness, hypocrisy when it comes to forgiveness. Cancel one person, but accept the other when God says to forgive them all. I just don't understand that. You see, you see why? I, let me tell you why I don't understand that. Because one of the greatest kings of all time, if not the greatest king of all time in the Old Testament, King David, was a man who was after God's own heart. He loved the Lord. This is what the Bible says. But there was a time when King David took his eye off of, off of the ball. There was a time when King David didn't focus on what God wanted while he was king and focused on what he wanted. So what happened? 
King David said, I'm not going out to war. I'm staying back. And King David all of a sudden was on his balcony. Saw a beautiful woman. You know the story. Bathsheba. Another man's wife. Obviously slept with her. She told him, I'm pregnant. So what did he do? Instead of being repentant, instead of saying, I'm going to fess up. I'm going to tell the husband, we're going to tell the husband, we're going to come clean. And we're going to make it right. No, no, no. I'm sorry. King David, I was about to say one King David goes and tells his commander, tell her husband that I'm commanding him to go to the front of the line to fight this war at the front of the line. He knew what was going to happen when Uriah went down to the front of the line. He knew that Uriah was going to die. He knew that the frontline soldiers, that they were going to die most likely. So he counted on Uriah, on Uriah dying. So the Bible says God said that King David murdered Uriah. He premeditated his death. He premeditated what would happen to Uriah, and that's murder. And we know that in society nowadays, premeditated murder will get you life without the possibility of parole. So we understand that there's a difference between you concocting something and something just happening. And this is what happened with King David. But here's the thing about King David. King David was told you committed murder, you committed adultery, and now this child of yours is going to die. The child that is inside of Bathsheba, the child that you conceived in sin, in wrong, in error, that child, that child is allowed to pass away. So King David, what did he do? King David went into the temple for seven days and King David fasted and he pleaded to God and he said, Lord, please don't let this child die. Don't let him die. But guess what? There were consequences for what David had done wrong. God said, I saw the wrong that you did. And now you're going to feel the pain of your error, the pain of your sin. You're going to feel the pain of that through the death of this child. I'm going to take this child with me up to heaven. But you're going to feel the loss because of the wrong that you and Bathsheba did. Because you had a man murdered after you impregnated his wife. But the wonderful thing in the story is that David later on repents of his wrong. And guess what? God forgave David. Isn't that something? God forgave David. Nowadays, had King David been around here, he would have been eaten up by cancel culture. Never forgiven. Never let out. Could never forget what he did wrong. But yet there's others that do things just as wrong. Or maybe a tad shorter of that. And they get forgiven. But my problem is, aren't we all supposed to get forgiven? Isn't forgiveness supposed to be on the same level? Aren't we all supposed to say, all right, this one did wrong, that one did wrong, but they're both forgiven? They can pay a consequence. Each one pays a different consequence. No doubt. That's biblical. But what happened to? We forgive them too. 
she's forgiven too. What happened to that? Because that's missing in our culture today. So cancel culture comes for John Gruden. But cancel culture didn't come for Warren Sapp. God told King David. I'm still going to use you. I still love you. You're still going to be king. You're still going to be on the throne. You're still going to have. You're still going to be from the lineage. That is going to form. That is going to be of the savior. We know that that's going to. That that would become Jesus. So God forgave David. David did the worst of the worst. Had a man murdered and then took his wife who, who he impregnated. And God said he forgave him. So why is it that we wouldn't forgive King David if he were around today? Why is it that we would put him in the pile of cancel culture? There's a hypocrisy going on right now. And the way to fix that hypocrisy is in our hearts. The way to fix that hypocrisy is by going to the word of God. The way to fix that hypocrisy is by humbling ourselves and remembering that we too have done wrong, that we too are sinners, that we too need grace and mercy and forgiveness from God. That's what we need to remember, myself included. I need you to understand that John Gruden paid with his job and with national embarrassment for what he did. And maybe there's more consequences coming down the line. I don't know. But I also got to tell you that there are other factors in this story that are very, very hypocritical that are showing up in our culture today. Like I said before, Warren Sapp is still in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ring of honor. He got forgiven. But listen to this story from ESPN and this is from May 18th, 2015. Court records show SAP has successfully completed a prostitution solicitation counseling program and still needs to complete a, a diversion program for the assault charge to avoid possible jail time. SAP, for, SAP, who was 42 at the time, was fired from his NFL network and his job hours after the arrest. Phoenix police said SAP allegedly argued about money with one of the two women in his downtown Phoenix hotel room and the fight turned physical, leaving the women, women with minor injuries. Here it is. Sat pleaded guilty in April to one count of soliciting prostitution and one count of assault. But separate plea agreements reached with the city prosecutors indicated the charges, both misdemeanors, would be dismissed if SAP, if SAP met certain terms. So Warren Sapp, who's in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Hall of Fame, pleaded in the Ring of Honor, pleaded guilty to one count of soliciting prostitution and one count of assault. He got physical. Got physical with the prostitutes in his hotel room. Pleaded guilty. Did some things to avoid jail time. Fine. That's the way that our system works. I understand that. But pleading guilty is pleading guilty. John Gruden is guilty of what he did. Warren Sapp was guilty of what he did. Do you see the hypocrisy? Do you see the selected forgiveness? Do you see where the help is needed? Cancel culture is a joke. Cancel culture doesn't follow the word of God. Cancel culture doesn't follow 
the way that God instructs us to do when it comes to forgiveness and love of people. Cancel culture picks and chooses who's in and who's out. I want to move on from Warren, from Warren Sapp, but I want to stay with John Gruden. Because it was said that John Gruden said anti-gay and homophobic slurs. Now, I got a problem with that, too. Now, obviously, you know, on this podcast. We follow the word of God, I follow the word of God. So the lifestyles, I won't agree with. That's not the lifestyle that the Bible tells me I could live out. The Bible tells me that that is sin. But here's the thing, though. The Bible does not tell me to hate homosexual people. The Bible does not tell me to hate lesbian people. The Bible does not tell me to hate anybody, regardless of skin, sexual preference, religion, belief, thought. The Bible doesn't tell me to hate anyone, anyone at all. The Bible doesn't tell me to commit slurs against anybody. Let's get that clear. We could differ with the lifestyle. And we could disagree on whether it's sin or not. The Bible is clear on what's sin and what's not sin. The Bible is clear on that. But here's the thing, though. The NFL decided... We're going to have a halftime show during the Super Bowl featuring Eminem. Wait, hold on. Wait, what? Didn't Eminem on the on, on most of his albums and most of his artwork, what they call? Wasn't he out here spitting, spitting lines about homophobia, anti-gay stories? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Eminem come out here... On multiple albums and talk about killing people. Then he, I mean, I didn't hear every single album he ever put out. I only heard the first two and may and the, and okay, the third as well. So I've heard his first three albums back when I was young and I used to listen to rap music. I no longer listen to rap music no more. The message in rap music has always been wrong. So yeah, I was in wrong. When I was listening to rap music, if you listen to the message, the message of a lot of rap songs are a message that the NFL says they don't want in their locker rooms. They don't want among their coaches. They don't want among their, their employees. But we're going to have a Super Bowl halftime show. We're going to have a show during the most watched event of the television year, the Super Bowl. With somebody who rapped about gay slurs, homophobia. I don't know because I don't remember if he talked about killing homosexuals. Maybe he did. Maybe he did not. Somebody could correct me on that. But Eminem, let's not get it twisted. Some of you listening right now have heard every single word he has ever rapped. And you can confirm that Eminem has said some stuff that cancel culture deems he should be canceled for, but yet Eminem receives forgiveness. And Eminem is doing a Super Bowl halftime show for Super Bowl 56 as of right now while I'm recording this. Do you see the hypocrisy? The selected forgiveness? My question today is, where is the forgiveness? Where's the true forgiveness? Because a lot of people out here talking about, oh, let's take away John Gruden's accomplishment of being a Super Bowl champion because of some of the things that he emailed. 
wrongful things that he emailed. I will not negate that. But let's take away the accomplishments that he made, the accomplishments that we saw on that television screen. Let's take that away from him, but let's keep Eminem in the halftime show. Really? Listen, John Gruden lost his job because it was said that he sent emails that were misogynistic toward women. Now to what's being reported, John Gruden sent emails and texts of topless women to other employees and things like that. And for me, I don't do that. That's wrong. I'm not going to applaud that behavior. And supposedly he said some, mis some misogynistic stuff emailed and texted. But hold up. Super Bowl 56 has a halftime show featuring Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg that the last time I checked, didn't Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg on their albums speak wrong of women? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, aren't their lyrics degrading to women? But yet the culture celebrates this. Got women dancing in their videos all crazy, doing some ratchet crazy stuff. And the culture celebrates that. And the NFL, they don't want that kind of language among their employees, among their coaches, among their players. And yet the halftime show features two men who have had the most misogynistic lyrics in probably in the history of rap. Do you see the hypocrisy? Do you see the selected forgiveness here? Do you see where cancel culture falls short? This hypocritical now. Come on. John Gruden. Yeah, he's gone and he should have been gone. I'm not debating that. But NFL, look at your halftime show. Look at why you got rid of John Gruden. And look who's up there now. And tell me y'all don't look hypocritical. Talking about this is going to be the greatest halftime show of all time. People online talking about, I'm excited for this. I'm hyped for this. But then when John Gruden comes out and says some things that some of these rappers will back up in their lyrics, he's canceled. He's gone. Where is the forgiveness, y'all? I need to understand that. I need to understand where's the forgiveness at. Because I see a lot of hypocrisy right now. And don't get it twisted. Don't get it wrong. I love the NFL product. I love the on the field product. I watch every Sunday, every Monday, every Thursday. It's taken over as my favorite sport over the NBA, over the MLB. The only thing I love more than the NFL are the New York Yankees themselves. But the game of baseball took a back seat. But this product here on the field, I think is the most entertaining and the best product out right now in terms of sports and entertainment. I get banged for my buck with the NFL. But let's not front like there is in hypocrisy. Let's not front like cancel culture isn't ruining a lot of the things in the organization of the National Football League. We clearly see what's going on. Come on now. Ask yourself, why are certain people allowed and not banned from the NFL? And there are others. There are others. It's been pointed out by other people. It's not only this story, but I'm going at this story because this is the story right now in front of our faces. And I can correlate it to the word of God. And our culture. And this is what I want to do on this show. Is bring these things together. Through a biblical perspective. And let you see. How wrong the world is. But how right God is. And how good God is. And how we must come. To an understanding. The word of God is tried and true. 
in the New Testament, there's a man who was leading up cancel culture. His name was Saul of Tarsus. And in the New Testament, he was the writer of about half of it. Saul of Tarsus was the man who was killing Christians because he thought he was doing the right thing. He thought he was doing he thought he was doing a job and a service to God. And found out from God himself. You are doing a dishonor and a disservice to me. But guess what? I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to lift you up and I'm going to use you. And Saul of Tarsus became Paul the Apostle. You know who he is. The man who wrote almost half of the New Testament. The man who gave us order, structure, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit as a church. Gave us wise counsel, wise advice. But this was all after he was a cancel culture leading revolutionist that was wrong. God still lifted him up. God still used him. And though at the beginning, people were asking questions about him and weren't too sure about his conversion. Sooner or later, they came around and they saw this is a true man of God. He's been forgiven. We're going to accept him. We're going to love him. We're going to fellowship with him. The leader of cancel culture came around and was used by God. Why can't we forgive others? I'm going to use this last illustration here. Because I'm going to go back to Jesus. There was this time that Jesus had came to a scene and there were some men that they had caught a woman in adultery in the very act. I don't know how they walked in on her and, and, and the guy, but she was caught in adultery and they brung the woman out to Jesus and they told Jesus, the law says to stone this woman. But what do you say? Jesus, you know, he just went down to the ground and started writing something in the sand and may believe like he didn't hear what they said. They asked him again, what do you say? Jesus got up and he said, he who is without sin, throw the first stone. Take a guess what happened. Every man dropped their stone. Because they all had sin. Just like I have sin. Just like you have sin. But Jesus is an equal opportunity forgiver. God is an equal opportunity forgiver. And that is what we should be. There are consequences for our sins, for our actions. And I'll say this, I believe that the same consequence that John Gruden got, Warren Sapp should have got from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, from the NFL. Let's not be hypocritical here. Let's not be selective in how and who we forgive because God gave us a command to forgive everyone. So yes, again I ask, where is the forgiveness? Because God is an equal opportunity forgiver. Let me get into the Kyrie Irving situation as I finish up the show here. Thank you again for listening this week. 
Let me get into Kyrie Irving because I think that the Kyrie Irving situation has been so out there amongst the media, mainstream media, sports media. People have been talking about it internally. People have been, um, you know, getting themselves worked up over vax, anti-vax, no vax, two vax, boosters, all these things people have been getting divided on. And honestly, I think that this division is, it's just, it's wrong. It's, it's scary because we're dividing over something that shouldn't be divided over. I believe that we should respect each other's thoughts, opinions, decisions. We should respect each other as people. But some people don't see it this way. Some people see it as you have to do what the government says. You have to do what the scientists say. You have to do what people who rushed on this have said. Because let's not forget this. Vaccines usually take anywhere from 5 to 12 years to fully formulate, to be approved, to be regulated, to be trusted. They have to go through a lot, a lot of procedures. And now we got one that took under a year. But the problem is that we can't have questions, y'all. Come on now. Really? So Kyrie Irving has questions. A lot of NBA players don't have questions. They went, got the vaccine, did what they had to do. They're going to play. They're going to get their paychecks. But Kyrie Irving got questions. Jonathan Isaac got questions. Andrew Wiggins had questions and probably still has them. But he got the vaccine. He did what he felt he had to do. And it's going to play because in San Francisco, you got to get vaxxed to play. To be an entertainer in these large venues. And also, uh, I was reading on Twitter, Nicki Minaj. She also said, let people pray on it. Let people make their own personal decisions. Don't judge them. Don't attack them. Don't come at them. I'm not anti or pro-vax. And I'll probably have to get it sometime because I got to go on tour. And she got attacked. So there are people that want to force these things on us. And that's where the problem lies. That's where the pushback comes with the forcing. But the reason I want to talk about the story is because Kyrie Irving, he is a superstar. He is a big deal. He is someone that the Brooklyn Nets need to win a championship. And Kevin Durant spoke recently. Kevin Durant was asked about Kyrie Irving. I believe on Thursday night, um, October 14, if I'm not mistaken. Kevin Durant said that he has not spoken to Kyrie Irving since the Nets decided that he's not going to be able to practice or play with the team until he complies with the New York City vaccination mandates. For players. Kevin Durant also said that he remains optimistic that the situation is going to work out. He said that he wants Kyrie to be around and that he wished that none of this happened, but this is the situation that we're in. And yes, he's right. We wish that none of this was happening. We wish that COVID was not around. We wish that these weren't the circumstances, but these are the circumstances. Kyrie Irving said in a, on an Instagram live that, you know, he was told he was going to be able to play before the season started, but then circumstances changed. So now his mind has changed over starting the season. He's hopeful to play. He wants to play, but obviously circumstances changed. We know 
what we're living in right now. We know the bubble we're in. We know the space that we're in right now. Some respect that. Some fear that. Some don't. Some have a different way of looking at it. But guess what? Kevin Durant said that Kyrie Irving made his decision on what he wanted to do. So he's doing what he got to do. Kevin Durant also said that it's on him to just focus and do his job and let Kyrie Irving and the team handle the situation. And that's what they got to do. He don't got to be calling him up talking about, hey, man, take this jab in your arm right now and come play. He respects his decision. He said that he wants the whole team together. He wants them to be at full strength. But that he knows that it's not working out like that right now. He's positive that things are going to work out for the best of both parties. Now, the best of both parties, I think, for me, would be for the Brooklyn Nets to trade Kyrie Irving. How that happens, I don't know. Obviously, a lot of people out there are talking about trading with Dallas for Porzingis and other things. I wouldn't mind seeing that, but I don't think the Brooklyn Nets are going to take that kind of trade. Now, they might take that kind of trade because they're tired of Kyrie Irving and the baggage that comes with him and the free thinker that he is. And for some people, being a free thinker is a problem to others. See, and that's a problem. When it's a problem to you that somebody else is a free thinker, that's an issue. So they might just have a problem with him being a free thinker and they might trade him. I'd like to see him go to Dallas. I'd like to see him go to Miami. Or most, most, I'd like to see him to go to Orlando. We'll see what happens. Like I said before, Kyrie said that he hopes to still play the season for the Nets. But that he's chosen to not be vaccinated. Kyrie Irving says he has questions. Now, here's the other problem. Kyrie Irving can be traded and then come in and play against the Brooklyn Nets as a visitor and play against the New York Knicks as a visitor and play against the Warriors as a visitor. Again, I'll ask like I asked in the first segment. Do you see the hypocrisy? So you can't play here as a member of our organization or practice with us or even come in the building as a member of this organization. But if we trade you, you can come in no problem. A lot of this stuff just don't make sense. Kyrie Irving also reiterated that he's not at odds with the Nets organization or and that he's not making a political statement. He's just doing what he thinks is best for him. Can we respect his personal opinion for a moment, please? I respect the opinion of Andrew Wiggins who said, hey, you know what? At the end, I think I got to take it. All right, cool, fine. Do your thing, man. But Twitter blowing up, Facebook blowing up, IG blowing up. Because Kyrie Irving wants to be a free thinker and say, hey, I got questions. Hey, I got to do a little more research and talk. And I got to dig a little farther and see what's going on now. Kyrie Irving might get vaccinated. He might play. I don't know. He is a free thinker. He does things on his own time. It's been said. He doesn't know the NBA timeline. They're not going to pay him. He doesn't own anybody anything because he's making a personal decision. But trolls out there don't want to understand that. They just say, shut up and get jabbed and then shut up and dribble. A lot of hypocrisy going on. This is like the hypocrisy podcast right now, the hypocrisy episode. If you want to call it that, call it that. Go ahead. I name it something else. Kevin Durant also said that he isn't upset that he isn't able to play with Kyrie Irving as the Nets enter the season 
with championship expectations. So Kevin Durant understands, hey, man. Or at least he's appearing to say, appearing to understand, this is a personal decision. I respect his decision. Question is, why can't everybody else? Kevin Durant went on to say, we still get to we still get to do what we love to do every single day. So Kevin Durant, he ain't upset because Kevin Durant is still balling. He goes on to say, this is not the ideal situation coming into the season. But some of this, it's out, it's out of our control. And he's correct. Kyrie Irving's vaccination status is out of his control. That's not something he can control. That's not something that looks like he wants to control. But there's a lot of trolls that want to control that. That want to control people's vac status. You could be pro-vax or anti-vax. You have that God-given right. I could be pro or anti. I have that God-given right. But guess what? I got to respect the next man or the next man's woman decision on what they want to do with that. Because... Frankly, it's way too early to know. This thing got made really, really quick. So if people got questions, let's provide them with some answers. Without judging, without hating, without being hypocritical. Can we do that? Kevin Durant goes on to say, so what we can do now is come in and focus on our jobs every single day. What is, mad, what is being mad going to do, he goes on to say. We're not going to change his mind. You know what I'm saying? We'll let him figure out what he needs to do and the team figure out what they need to do. That's the approach that should be taken. Let the man figure out what he's going to do. Let the team figure out what they want to do with him. And when everything comes to a head, we'll see, we will see the result. He goes on to tell the reporters, I can't be too mad at somebody making a decision for themselves. But the problem with some people out here is that they have a problem with Durant saying that and they have a problem with Kyrie Irving making a decision for himself. Why? Why do you have a problem with somebody making a decision for themselves and their family if he's staying at home and he's chilling and he's not bothering you? What's your angle? Durant finishes off by saying, who am I to get upset at that? Exactly. He goes on to say, just focus on what we got in this locker room. When Kyrie's ready, I'm sure he'll talk to the team owner and he'll talk to the general manager and they'll figure it out. And then they'll tell us until that we're going to keep until that we are going to keep grinding. That's what they got to do. Keep grinding. Keep doing what you got to do, man. Focus on you. Focus on what you can do. Because right now the brother's not here. He's not playing. And obviously this man knows that Kyrie Irving has a life outside of basketball. His family has a life outside of basketball. We've seen a small amount of people. And yes, it is a small amount of people have bad reactions to this vaccine. It's happened. There's videos out there on social media, online. People getting bad reactions. There are reports, people saying, hey, I was this way before the vax and now I'm this way. I might have myocarditis. As, as a doctor told me, my son's doctor told me, that's a 1.3% chance or that's a 1.3% occurrence in young men. So it, it has happened. It's a small chance, but it has happened. Kyrie Irving, he's like, hey, man, I don't know. So you don't know. Now, for all those that got vaccinated and you came out fine, God bless you. Praise the Lord. 
I'm glad that you're okay. For those that got vaccinated and are not okay, my heart goes out to you. I feel for you because may, your body reacted in a way that you didn't think it was going to react. You didn't know it was going to react that way. And now, and now you're going through what you're going through and it's sad and my heart goes out to you. And I know that that is a small, small occurrence. Don't get it twisted. I know that, but it's still an occurrence. And Kyrie Irving is asking the question. Now, without Kyrie Irving, can this team win the championship? They got the best player in the world. They can still win the championship. Is it going to be harder? Yes, it's going to be harder. No doubt. It's going to be tougher for them to win the championship. But too many talking heads out here on television talking about, oh, you left them hanging. You owe the team. Go get vaccinated because you owe the team. Listen, life is bigger than the team. My health is bigger than the team. My health is bigger than the contract. That's what some athletes are saying. That's how they're acting. But then they get criticized for thinking that way. And if something happens to them, you just step back and say, oh, well, at least he did what we thought was right. Oh, well, it don't work like that, man. It does not work like that. Come on now. All these people I talking about, yeah, we respect his decision. We respect his decision. No, you don't. Because you want him to shut up. You want him to get jabbed. And then you want him to dribble. It's a big, big story right now. Like I said before, I want to see Kyrie traded to Dallas or traded to Orlando. Maybe even Miami. Because I want to see him play. But I want to see him do what he said he's going to do and be a voice for the voiceless. I hope he does that. Because there are a lot of people out here losing their jobs. Now we see the pilots. They're losing their jobs. Nurses, people who were called heroes before, who were called brave, are now being called cowards. Do you see the hypocrisy going on right now? In this nation. Do you see the hypocrisy. Going on right now around you. What we got to do is pray. What we got to do is continue to research. What we got to do is continue to ask questions. But the NBA season is almost upon us. The superstar. He's still not here. Obviously we're going to miss his game. If he's not there all season. But hopefully he makes a comeback. Whether that's. With the Nets and getting vaxxed or whether that's by getting traded and playing and being a voice to the voices, like he said, that's that's the route I hope he takes, because he's saying that he's standing up now and using his platform. So I hope he does that. I hope he uses his platform. A lot of people out here losing their jobs in August. It was reported that four million people quit their jobs. That's not by coincidence, y'all. It's not by coincidence at all. So Kyrie, keep doing your thing. All these other dudes out here, ladies, keep doing your thing. I know you were heralded as heroes before and now you're heralded as cowards. But trust in God that he'll see you through. Pray. If God tells you get vaxxed, go get vaxxed. If you feel that God is telling you not to do it, don't do it. It's on you, but for the rest of us, let's respect whatever people's decisions are. If they're willing to lose it all, that's on them, not on you. If they're willing to be, in your eyes, cowards, but they're actually brave, I salute them. Too much judging going on right now. Too much hating going on right now. Where's the love? Where's the forgiveness? Where is the genuine people? Well, that's a wrap, folks. 
Thank you for listening in to another episode of All Talks of Life with Chris Vaniquez. I really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. When I put out the link, I'm going to ask you a favor. Please, please share the show. Hit that share button. Hit that like button. Let others know that the show is on, that you're enjoying it. And do me one more favor. Check out my boy Jose Gonzalez and his wife Stephanie Gonzalez as they're back with season two of a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, that God is great, life is great, and you're great for listening today. I'll see you soon.